This is a quick disclaimer. Although the wise investor is trying to educate people on personal finance, what we talk about on the show is not actually financial advice for your personal and unique situation. Before trying to do anything with your money, always consult a professional. Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening to this week's episode of What They Did Not Teach You in School, presented by the Wise Investor Team. Making Canadians more financially literate, one post at a time. Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of What They Did Not Teach You in School. Today we got two special guests on the podcast, Ernesto Gaita and Anthony Sorella. Thanks, gents, for being on. Thanks for having us, man. Before we get started, just a little shout out to our sponsors. Today, our sponsors are King Street Media for doing all behind the scenes. Thank you very much, gents. And we'll give a shout out to Neighborhood Creative as well for hosting us here in this beautiful environment. For those that are watching the video video version of this, it's a dope spot. How long have you guys been uh, at this location for? We've been here, yeah, uh, April made a year, yeah. Yeah. so just over a year. Just, just over a year? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, were you guys, like, did you guys start the company before that, or at we, we started the same com- time? We, we started the company, I think, a bit before we found the office. Um, we just were looking before. for an office for about eight, nine months. Mm. So we were kind of doing the business plan and kind of sorting out kinks and seeing who our potential clients would be that whole time, right? I, I, I think we actually launched right before we got the office. Okay. Yeah, like we pretty much used like the office space, like getting it as like our official launch. But we were doing some some behind the scenes work for about for a couple months, yeah, four or five months setting well, it up. That's great. I've actually been following yeah. your guys' story because just mutual friends, like. So I, I heard of you guys through that and, you know, thought you guys started your podcast. What's it called? Money Buys Happiness. Money Buys Happiness. <laughs> so I thought like the wise investor, Money Buys Happiness, it could be a good, good. symbiosis yeah. of minds here. And we'll get into that a little bit later on. For sure. But um, you guys are two young entrepreneurs, grew up in, out of Toronto, yeah? Uh, North York. North York. What made you guys, like, what's the story? What's the, what's the inception story for Neighborhood? How did you guys... Uh, First, come up with that name. How did you guys want to start doing that on your own? What was your guys' background? I'll let Anthony take that because he, sure, he came up with it. Sure, the name, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, well, um, prior to Neighborhood Creative, uh, Ernesto and I were kind of working in the same field uh, the promotion, the nightlife stuff. Um, and okay, kinda, how long were you guys doing that for? You guys meet uh, doing that? We, yeah, we yeah, met doing that. So we, we had mutual friends already, but I think we really uh, collided through the promotions and the events. I was doing it myself since for maybe five years at the time. Okay. Yeah, and I was a similar four or five years. So it was a point where we kind of, uh, so someone connected us. I don't remember necessarily who it was. Or no, you know what? He actually reached out to me. Uh, at the time, he had an app called Jukebox yeah. and also like an online ticketing service uh, platform. So um, at the time, I was doing some um, some one-off events, stuff like that, some special events. And he reached out to me saying, hey, I see what you guys are doing. Um, maybe you can use my ticketing service. And pretty much from there, we're like, hey, why don't we just do an event together? And then one event together turned into five events together. Um, and then the, the synergy was good. Um, and then it was kind of a point where he was like, hey, people are reaching out to me for this and that. And I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. They're reaching out f- to me for web, this, that as well. Uh, and then we really sat down and we're like, yeah, let's make this thing happen. Yeah, start putting the pieces together. We built a business plan and then, uh, and then we were working on our own branding. 
Um, and then I kind of came up with the name uh, Neighborhood. A big thing for us was just uh, beyond all the marketing stuff was just collaborations and connecting people. Um, and we felt like Neighborhood kind of fit that whole scope. Yeah, that uh, cool. yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're kind of the Neighborhood. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how the name and I guess a very brief story of how it all came together. Yeah. All right, all right. And uh, you two, I guess you, what's your dynamic between the two of you? How do you guys work well together? What's the chemistry like? Um, I think it's really good because we were always um, working together in like not, not too much of a casual way, but a friendly way. Like we were always treating it as more of a friendship when we would work, you know, like having fun with what we're doing. Um, and, and what we do is so fun. We're always creating new things and creating new concepts, right? So I think we kind of fell in love with just working together on, on, on that side of things and being friends and, and being able to share that together. Um, and we don't even look at it as work anymore. We just see it as two guys who need to get shit done every day um, and, and inspire our team, right? Um, so that's the main thing. I mean, we work together very well. Uh, I don't even know. I think I don't think we've ever fought before, which is kind of <laughs> weird, you know? I think... <laughs> no, it, it's, it's weird. Usually, we usually come to like this an agreement on things like we usually have the same mindset and view towards things so that has always helped um so i guess just over time we kind of built that and realized like hey fuck this guy's got the same sorry can i swear here yeah, yeah? okay hey fuck okay cool hey fuck this guy's got the same kind of <laughs> this guy's got the same mindset that i do uh, and vice versa so it's just been very good in terms of dynamic um at the beginning when we kind of started this thing ernesto was really uh, a big piece of us getting a lot of the clients that we did uh we used you know, our networks and who we knew already and tried to infiltrate that to get our, our first clients. And I, I get a big piece of that was Ernesto. And, um, you know, once we kind of got them to the table, that's where we kind of were able to use our synergy and, and close a lot of the deals. And I, I was doing a little more of the creative stuff and handling that stuff. So he was like business development, outreach sales, and I was handling more of the creative at the beginning. Cool. That's a, that's a good, that's a good partnership right there. I, I always joke about saying that business partnerships are like getting married, but without like <laughs> the fun part being sex. <laughs> and, uh, so like, you know, you guys are legit married financially yeah, and like the decisions sure. that you need to make together. You know, Mark and I uh, have known each other for a long time, and we have a very similar relationship to yeah. both of you guys, actually, yeah. uh, scarily. And, <laughs> and, uh, and like Steve Jobs always said that there needs to be one person who sells the product and one person kind of like makes the product. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I can see that kind of like happening between the two of you guys. Yeah, I think it's, it's even just understanding each other as a person and, and what their roles are, right? And, and I, I get him and I get what he's talking about every time he's talking about something, you know, mm. and, and anytime he comes up with an idea, I get where he's coming from. And, and there's sometimes where I just kind of step back and say, well, this is, he's better at this than me. So right. he's got to make this decision or he's got to do this or he's got to create this campaign. And I think it goes vice versa with me, me and him, right? So, but that takes time. Just like, yeah. that's why it's good that we were friends before we partnered up because we got to learn about each other. Cool. Yeah. All right. And um, what makes a neighborhood creative different? Like unique. What makes it unique? <laughs> different. A lot of things. A lot of things. Well, if you had to say like one thing that people are like, no, I got to work with you guys because like you're different than other people. What would yeah, it be? Yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to go ahead? Yeah. I mean, I don't like. I'll try to put it to one thing. I mean, I think that we're just very uh, people focused, yeah. um, not product focused. Okay. So uh, what that means is that if someone comes in here. We treat them like family. We treat them like a friend. Uh, we want to know who they are. We want to know what their plans are, what their goals are, why they're even doing this before we even talk about anything like a service. So, and all our employees are the same way. All our staff is the same kind of cultured. So it's it's the culture here, I think, that differentiates us. Um, that, yeah, it's hard, it's hard to find anyone that's really competition with us just because 
of the way we treat our clients and the way we treat anyone that walks through that door. Um, it's think, not very corporate at all. It's just, it's just very modern culture, I'd say. And to, to bounce off that, um, pretty much every campaign and every client that we work with, um, it's very unique. Their marketing plan, their marketing strategy, it's always very unique to the company, to the business, to the person that's running it. And I think that's something that a lot of agencies uh, aren't able to focus on, maybe because they're just too big or maybe they just don't care necessarily. But, uh, you know, we welcome anybody into our office um, and we really sit down to find out what their needs are and their goals are and really tailor a, a custom strategy for them. And I don't think every agency from what we've heard at least is doing something like that. Okay, cool. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a, a, a big conversation that's happening right now at the both of you guys. So uh, obviously the shit that's going on in the United States is pretty fucking crazy. Um, sure. Like I have no way of describing it and it's yeah. kind of been a whole domino effect of what's been going on over there. But yesterday was a fascinating social experiment or whatever you want to call it where everyone was poking, posting the black squares mm -hmm. and you're scrolling through Instagram and you know you usually see your normal shit and it's just like black squares... Um, and then even companies were saying, you know, we're not going to advertise us, for example, stopped all of our PPC ads for the day, but it was interesting to see like black, 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 and then like a, a random person who didn't give a shit yeah, yeah. and toss an ad there, you know, yeah, or they're out of touch or whatever. Right. And, uh, we were, we have a morning huddle every morning, the team, there's like five, six of us. Yeah. And, um, we've been doing that ever since COVID-19, the quarantine. Yeah. And we had a good 20 minute somewhat heated uh, conversation about whether or not we should post the black square and does it make an actual difference yeah. or are people just kind of posting it because they're fearful of if I don't post it, yeah. I'm going to get, you know, yeah. sure. hit to the wall yeah. there, you know, yeah, I get slammed. Well, I just love your opinion on that. I saw you guys yeah. did post it. Of course. It. Of course. Mm -hmm. and, and I think it's, it's a really tough situation to be in for anyone right now. I mean, obviously what's going on is horrible. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think people are, are scared to even put their opinion out there because if they say the wrong thing, they're going to get slammed. And if right. they don't say anything, they're going to get slammed. So I think why people decided to just go forward and do, do this post is it because it was like the easiest thing they could have done mm -hmm. without adding their words to it or adding their opinion to it, which is getting a lot of people in shit right now. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think a lot of people did do it. And I think I'm not going to say that's why we did. I think a lot of people did do it because it was like an easy way to support without getting too political about anything, right? right? Um, why we did it is because we do support that, that, that whole situation going on. Um, we are multicultural at all times. Um, our staff is, our clients are. Yeah. We grew up in a multicultural city. Like th That goes without saying. Um, so for us, it was just an easy way to support. Um, whether or not we're doing things behind the scenes, which we are, um, I think that that was just an easy way to put out the support. I don't think it's a bad thing um, to go ahead and post that. I know a lot of people were saying like, Oh, people are just posting and still not giving a shit. Right. It's like, okay, well, what if they didn't post and didn't give a shit either? Right. So <laughs> it's tough. Like it's, it's really opinion based, but that's just my opinion on it. I think if you can support even in a simple way like that, which takes seconds, um, then why not? Yeah. Right. It just goes into the caption. And, and now what are you saying about this? And that's where you can get into trouble. Right. But it's tough. It's, it's all opinion based. For sure. And I think we were talking about this before yeah. and you took the words right out of your mouth. Yeah, I was going to say I was going to talk, but he literally said everything we spoke about before we got on the podcast. But it's right. It's just I think any type of support should be looked at in a good way. A lot of people are getting uh, slammed online or blasted online because, oh, they just posted the black square and that wasn't enough. 
uh, I think we got to like take a step back as a society and just look at it in a positive manner and say at least Black Square or Story Post or whatever it was, at least that person is trying to support. Could they be do could they do more? For sure. But at least they're taking that step to do that where maybe a year ago they wouldn't have. Right. So why don't we kind of just try and look at it in a, in a positive way? For sure. There will be people who will always do more for the cause than others. But if someone's doing anything for the cause, why don't we why don't we try and look at it in a positive way? Cool. Very good, guys. I like that. I, 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 I respect that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Or, or to just start like if they never supported this in the past and this is their start into it. Sure. Let it be a black square. Yeah. If that's the first thing you do to kind of start supporting this. So, yeah, I, I would have to say that um, it, it, it didn't take much to post something like that. And, and it's a very easy way to support, even if it's just a hashtag, right? Like it could be the start of someone supporting it. True. All right. We'll get away from politics here, but very good job, guys. You guys should run for prime minister one day. <laughs> a cool thing is, so what was your background before? Did you go to university, anything like that, Anthony? So, no, I... I got into university, I got into UFT, Ryerson, all that. Uh, as soon as I got accepted, I just looked at my parents and I said, I don't want you to waste your money. First of all, they would have they would have paid for me, so I would have been super grateful for that. But I said, please keep your money. It's just not what I want to do. I would have just wasted it. I wouldn't show up to class. I knew that already. I barely did it in high school. So uh, my parents were like, yeah, it's cool. Don't worry about university. But as soon as you leave those doors and you graduate grade 12, like you're getting a fucking job. So I went from I went from high school to working at TD Bank. I worked at TD Bank for a year and a bit, and then I left that to start doing all the, the nightlife stuff. Did you work in like the retail branch? I worked in retail branch. I was a I was a, a teller, yeah. and then I was offered the position um, as a financial advisor, like the next the classic FSR, next step. Yeah, FSR, yeah. yeah. I was I was that was the route that Probably I was in. Probably taught you a lot of good shit about. It banking did. No, no. I learned stuff. I learned a lot about banking and personal finances. So that was huge. And even just like then when we went to open up our business and our business accounts stuff like that, I had a lot of knowledge. So that was great. Um, but the pro- the problem the problem with the job there for me because this is obviously a personal opinion is I just saw a roof. And I knew that like once I hit that peak and whether I hit that in five or 10 years, I, I couldn't go anywhere beyond that. Bro, similar story to me. I was five years at TD and I saw the same thing. I'm like, I remember I was at this like Christmas party and like a bunch of uh, like the VPs and shit were like doing some stupid dance at the front. <laughs> and I, I was a little under the influence and I was just watching and I was like, is that going to be me in 10 years? Exactly. The next day I quit. Yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't want to be that guy. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But no formal education in marketing. None. Same no. with you, Ernesto? I did business administration in at York, international business in the States. Like, it didn't really apply But to it marketing. seemed like you had a little bit of an entrepreneurship uh, lineage there before yeah. you started this. Yeah, and, and that was that came from nightlife, I think. And I, I did a couple, a couple apps as well, and, and that kind of was me trying out different industries, right? But the nightlife for sure kind of made me realize that I can do anything I wanted to. See, that's the cool thing, interesting. That's the cool thing about digital marketing is that clients will say to us like, hey, can you do this? Or I'm trying to figure out something and just Google search yeah. it. Like PPC ads, Google, how to do PPC yeah. ads. Man, so you guys both self-taught yourselves all of this but that's, stuff, right? But that's for, I mean, that goes for any business. Like I have uh, I have friends of mine who are just starting their contractor, contracting business and he's telling me, he's like, hey man, I'm on the job site Googling how to do something. And it's like, well, that's the world we're in. All, all the info you need to do anything is on Google. So That's shoot. amazing. It's just yeah. t- if you're the type of person to go out and actually want to learn yeah. and teach yourself <clears throat> or not, right? Those are yeah. like kind of two types of people, but... Right. Um, it's out there, definitely, and you can teach yourself almost anything. Cool. A yeah. uh, question for you, Ernesto, is um, you got a big following on Instagram. Yeah. 
how did that happen? And also, what do you do to keep like relevant? How did you grow that account, like your personal account? And how do you keep it separate? Because a lot of people ask me like, oh, should I have a separate Instagram channel? Or is it a part of my business? How do you separate that? Or is it the same thing? Yeah, okay, so in terms of the following, I mean, something I've always done, I think ever since I got into nightlife was cross promotion and, and collaborations. Cool. Um, and it was more physical, so doing physical pop-ups, events like that, collaborating with different brands, whatever it may be, uh, diff- different DJs, different artists, different concerts, stuff like that. But when I saw how easy it was to cross-promote uh, online and collaborate online, and by that I mean if I did a photo shoot for, let's say, three or four different clothing brands, um, and I just tagged them all, and they all reposted it, I'm now being seen by their whole network. So I was doing that every day for maybe like four or five years. Yeah. All the while having my own events, uh, being a promoter, um, being needed if you go out. So people needed to know me in that sense. Um, I kind of just started growing this this whole network from all these different aspects, right? The mobile app, I was introduced to so many people in the tech scene, um, which was great. Um, and I went to three different universities, um, which helped my network a lot. Um, and I played soccer, which helped my network probably more than anything. Okay. Um, but Nightlife just kind of sparked it and made it all come together because that was my first service I was offering someone. So, And I still do it to this day. Uh, cross-promotion is the easiest way to grow your network. We're doing that right now. Exactly. That's it. 100%. <laughs> exactly. People but, that follow us will be following you, vice versa. I think a big thing that he's missing out on, and I'll say it even in terms of his Instagram following and the way he's kept his brand up, is just consistency. Like Even before we started this thing, he said to me, like, dude, we got we got this business now. Like, we got to be posting every day. And I know we're not feed, but story. And you need as many stories as possible. You need to be the first circle that that person sees when they wake up in the morning and the last circle they see. And that's something he preached to me since day one. And, like, I've seen my following now go from, like, I was under 1,000. I'm just under 3,000 now. All organic, right? Uh, and just kind of by following the, the stuff that he's been preaching in terms of personal brand and stuff. So I'm even seeing it work for me as well. Yeah. And, and also just the consistency aspect, yeah. like yeah. Um, staying relevant. I was able to stay relevant online and also in person because I was still promoting two times a week and I still am if, if this wasn't going down, obviously, right? I'd still okay. be doing it. But that's a very easy way to stay relevant is when people are always seeing you and always needing to talk to you or having to message you for something or whatever it may be. If, if you're needed and you're providing all these services to people, they'll, they'll come to you. You just got to stay, stay in their mind, right? So if you're representing all these brands, the, te- the tequila over here, your creative agency, your apps, all the partnerships that you do, all the events that you host, how do you keep that separate? Or uh, I, I, really, I really don't keep it separate, to be honest, um, unless it, it's something that really needs to be separated. But anyone in marketing or any kind of, one of my clients, they're attached to me as much as they're attached to neighborhood, I would say. So um, I don't feel a need to kind of um, spread that out. But anything we do have that is very different from my network, we definitely start a new brand for it. Cool. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah, this think- po- like our podcast, for example, that was something that... I, I attach a little bit just to get promotion to it, but it's it's mainly happening. On but 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 what he side. said is very important. Even with any of the clients that we have now, we treat their brand like it's our own. Like we own a percentage of the business, and we don't. We're we're reposting every day on our stories. We're making sure we like comment every day on their new posts, whatever. Uh, and that goes a long way because now we're opening up our personal brands to, to the client's brand as well, right? And they see that loyalty, so they probably love you for it. It's a loyalty thing as well, you're right? You're just going, you're going way above what a, what a normal, 
I'd say agency would do for you. And that's attached the people that work there to the brand as well. Like you're now you're mixing business and pleasure kind of, right? So even it's even a risk, like, it's risky business, but I was you, just about to ask about that. Like yeah. do you have any do not do's? Because you're probably you probably have a lot you have a lot of followers yeah. and influence. And if you do something you know, yeah. controversial or you know post I, something with you out with your buddies drinking with a course, bunch of women. Of course. <laughs> Maybe that could be misconstrued for something that's and, and not if publicly some, if good. someone wants to judge my marketing skills based off that, then I probably don't want them as a client. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair. So that's But, that's but my, I also think my, that, you know, like th- there's, there's things I won't do, of course. There's obviously a lot of things I wouldn't do on my social media, but <laughs> there's a lot of things that, I, there's a lot of things <laughs> I will do and it's not because I don't care or respect my clients. It's because I've been doing what I like to do to get here. So I'm going to keep doing that. Yeah, I think I think all for sure. We've always kept it real on our social media. There's yeah. pretty much nothing that's censored. Like we we shut our podcast. We're drinking wine on the podcast. Uh, uh, Adrian, we have an episode coming up with Adrian and Vari. Yeah. We're smoking a joint on the podcast, right? Like we're we're just being our our true selves, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think that's also what neighborhood is built around. Just the kind of guys that we are and the social butterflies, if you want to say it, that we are. That's that's what we're built on. Right? Just say you can have fun and still like run a business, yeah, and be professional when you have to, right? And that's that's a huge thing. And I think that yeah, we relay that when it comes down to sitting down with a client or potential client talking about our services very casual about it, uh, very friendly about it, very open to suggestions, whether it's the concepts, the campaigns, the financials, whatever it may be, we're always open to working with someone. Um, So yeah, that's the kind of clients we want in return. Fair, cool. Podcasting, I want to talk a little bit about that. So you guys uh, started your podcast recently, Money Buys Happiness, (laughs) which is funny because usually it's not Money Buys Happiness. The actual statistic is that anything that you make over like 80 Gs a year, your happiness score starts going down. Mm-hmm. So why did you call it Money Buys Happiness? And what made you guys want to start it? Because everyone's starting podcasts sure. now, you know? So you guys wanted to throw your hat in the ring. What was sure. the decision making on that? Well, in terms of actually getting the podcast going, we are pretty much the conversations we're having on the podcast are conversations that we're having with our clients, with our close friends, or even anybody that just wants a little bit of help or advice from us. So we're like, you know what? Unfortunately, not everyone can walk through the door. And especially now with the whole COVID thing, it's not like we can have as many people as we'd like to in the office. So we're like, you know what? Why not just toss it online? And if people want to listen to what we have to say, it's there, right? Um, so that And if they don't? And if they don't, they don't have to. Yeah, exactly. So I think that was kind of a, a piece of, of why we wanted to do it. Um, and then when it comes down to the name, you know, we obviously liked it because it was bold and a lot of the things that we do are very bold. Um, but I think the reason for the actual name money buys happiness is because that podcast is geared towards people who want to know about business and want to know how to market their business better or their personal brand or whatever it is. Um, and for anybody who's focused on that, they're trying to make more money and they're trying to make more money because it'll essentially give them happiness. And I'm not saying that's for every single person, but we figured that a lot of people listening would kind of have that mindset. Um, and we're not saying money, uh, having a million dollars will make you happy for the rest of your life. It might make you happy for five it minutes. It certainly helps. Yeah. It will help for sure. Opportunities. Yeah, of course. Opportunities it's to come. It's about the person who's using this money. Yeah, if, you're, if you're an asshole and you're rich, you're yeah. just a bigger asshole. But if you're a good person and you yeah. can get some money, you could do some this, good this things is, This is it. what we say. Matt Campoli, we brought this quote up like, Almost every fucking podcast that we do, we had Matt Campoli's our first episode. Yeah. Amazing realtor, unreal guy. Great guy, great guy. And he said, if you're a um, if you're a cocksucker with five dollars, you'll be a cocksucker with ten million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and he's not wrong. You're the same guy. I don't think money's gonna change who you are. It just amplifies sometimes, amplifies the person that you are. Cool. So okay. yeah, fair enough. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I actually wanted to uh, take it back to building a personal brand for a second here before we go on with podcasts. So sure. I notice, especially you guys are a little bit younger than me, not that much. There's a lot of young entrepreneurs out of Toronto and even older ones too, but I, I feel like it specifically happens around the clout chasing younger entrepreneurs that they have this great following online. They spend more time on their personal brand, it seems at least, than on actually working at their company. And also it seems like their personal brand is more successful than their actual company is because they're like boasting or flexing and actually not really deservingly so. Do you guys see that? And how do you, how do you balance that? Like obviously yeah. you're an operator of your company as well and you do a lot of things, but some people may look at this guy and say, oh, he's just promoting himself all yeah. the time. Is he actually doing any work? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, touching upon that, I think that your personal brand can add so much to your company. A anyone, anyone on your team, if they have a strong personal brand, that that's a huge asset because now you're being seen by another network, yeah, not just your sure. own, right? Going back to that cross promotion, right? Um, not only that, but you're, you're attaching like a face to that company now. So whether it's Anthony working on his personal brand or myself, people will feel more attached to it in a way because they might know Anthony now, now they feel they know neighborhood as well. Right. Same thing with me. Um, so, I mean, yes, do I promote neighborhood a lot? I mean, probably a couple times a day, yeah. Um, but I think that's very important. And I, I, you can ask Anthony that I break their balls all the time yeah. about actually going very hard on their personal brand. And I say, I, I yell at them all the time and I say, you guys, you guys need to go harder. Like everyone on the team, right? From, from a graphic designer to the owner of the company, like if you have a strong network, that's such a, such a great value add, right? And, and I think you take advantage of that. There's some people that, I could see what you're saying. There's some people that they, they focus on their personal brand a lot to the point where it's like, do they even have that business mm -hmm. or are they just a brand themselves, right? And that's like a fake it till you make it type of thing yeah, where eventually you're going to find out, right? If I was promoting myself all the time and, and bigging myself up all the time and you're like, okay, where's, uh, where's neighborhood? And I was like, oh, um, we don't have, there's no, but now if you walk into the office now and you're like, okay. He's promoting something legit. I can see what he's trying to do. He was trying to get his. So I think it does have to do with that fake it till you make it kind of thing. Yeah, you, you can fake it a bunch, but sooner or later you're gonna have to actually have to do something. And, and sure, um, we so, were even talking before the podcast too. You're like, well, it might fake some people out that don't know any better. Yeah, you yeah. know, but kind of the people that would know better, they can kind of see through it. Of so it'll eventually we'll come to light. Of course, of course. So that's that's a huge thing I think about. And and. Yeah, I'd say I'd say use your personal brand as much as you can. Don't don't overdo it and don't be annoying with it. Still be creative and unique, but um, be able to attack your own network first, and yeah. then and then you kind of go and get those random clients and those new clients. What a fucking time to own a digital marketing company. <laughs> yeah. That's all I gotta yeah, say. Yeah, no, no, like, absolutely. It is a swell time to be yeah. our age yeah. in the industry of that course, we're in. Such like, a blessing. Just so such much opportunity. Yeah. Um, speaking of opportunity, so Joe Rogan just sold the rights to his podcast to Spotify, a hundred schmillion. Yeah, hundred As soon as you get into the millions, you stop calling it millions and you call it schmillions. <laughs> Not me, I didn't say that. I just, it just seems that everyone- I've heard that before. Yeah. A <laughs> hundred million bucks, he sold the rights to that, okay? So I wanna get your opinion on it, but he gets two, three million views per podcast just on YouTube alone. Um, now he's going to Spotify solely just to release his stuff on Spotify. And I heard Spotify's even releasing a new like version of the app just for video, just because of him, because he's sure. coming aboard. Sure. Um, 
from a financial perspective, 100 million is kind of like low because as soon as they made that uh, deal, Spotify, the um, like the stock, I don't know if you saw it, yeah. went up market cap over a billion dollars. So they spent 100 million to go up over a billion. <laughs> they did their math, they did their homework. Good, good friggin' like good, yeah. uh, good business choice there, right? Yeah. Um, so what are you guys' thoughts on that? You guys must have heard it and been like, holy shit. Oh, 100%. Do you I mean, think it's uh, going to take away from uh, the, his audience that views him on YouTube or you think everyone will go over there? What's I, the impact I think they'll on make this? the move. I yeah, think I think, I think he, he has so many loyal people that, that listen to him and watch him all the time that they, they would make the move. Like, like I, think, I think it was a great move for everyone involved, right? I and agree. I think this shows actually a, a huge trend in, first of all, like how people are going to be learning in the future. Because you know, many people are probably learning off Joe Rogan and, and yeah. saying fuck these classes or fuck these schools or whatever it may be. So learning and entertainment—that's another way of us entertaining ourselves, right? So if you don't have a podcast, fucking start one because <laughs> it—it'll be there. It'll be there in the future, right? Very yeah, near sure. future, very near future, <clears throat> and it already is here, of course, right? So I think that um, I think they all won. I think they all won, um, and I think that it's just like kind of proof for anyone that doesn't take the online world seriously to really think like, wow. Yeah, because it sets a precedence now that <laughs> yeah. like, oh shit, Joe Rogan got paid 100 million yeah. and now someone has something to like value themselves yeah. off of. Yeah, to work know, towards. Yeah, work yeah. towards. Yeah. No, it was a great deal. I think it was a great move for him. How, how, do, you, how do you turn down $100 million, right? Uh, and he put the work in. He's like 14, 1500 episodes, He right? said he's been doing it for 10 years, right? 10 years, 1500 episodes because yeah. Alfie and I were talking about this and as an entrepreneur, especially one that puts yourself out there, you question yourself a lot, or maybe you don't. The successful ones maybe yeah. don't, and that's what makes them so successful. But we were questioning ourselves, and we get like 100 listens per episode, and I'm like, ah, you know, like, should we stop doing this? Yeah. What do you think, Alfio? And then we were actually debating it back in like December, and then uh, I was watching an episode of Joe Rogan's podcast. It was like episode 75, and it's uh, him and Tim Ferriss, which I'm a big Tim Ferriss fan. I don't know if you guys cool. know who he is. I Four don't hour know. Work week. No. Uh, really good book, four-hour work week. Highly would recommend our Tools of Titans. Okay. And um, he's on there, and I love both Joe Rogan and Tim Ferriss. They're like idols of mine. And the episode sucked. Yeah. Like, I, I've never shut off a Joe Rogan podcast. I always listen it to the end. Yeah. And I was like, this is horrible. Mm -hmm. And I stopped watching the episode. Two of my favorite people in the world yeah. Yeah. stopped watching the episode, like, halfway through. And I was like, well, if Joe Rogan, who was probably already a millionaire by then, and a, com a well-known comedian by episode 75, if he was bad at episode 75, why are we yeah. kind of, like, judging ourselves for being on episode 25? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, he's his starting point was so much further ahead and we're not even like close. It says yeah. 1,500 podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you stuck anybody in front of a podcast for 1,500 episodes, I would assume they would be good. You'd have to get good. And this is a skill, man. I've been telling people like who have been reaching out to us from the podcast. We put the first one out. Hey, loved it, whatever. And I'm just like, listen, I promise you, if you love it, thank you. I appreciate it. And I, and I appreciate anybody who listens to our podcast. And I'm sure you guys are the same way. Even listening to 20 yeah. minutes of it, you know, means the world to us. No, but exactly. I, I kind of let them all know, like, they only get better. This this is a skill talking in front of this mic and keeping the combo going and having it smooth. Like people don't understand. Like that's a skill in itself. So, of course, you're at fifteen hundred. You better be fucking good at what you're doing. Yeah. But I mean, I guess a hundred million dollars proves that he is. Yeah, yeah not every so every. But but you know what? Like, and that's that's. <laughs> But, and, and even that, like with podcasts, a lot, a lot of people that I that have reached back out to me and talked about 
you know, the episodes that they've watched from ours, you know, they're saying like, Hey, I'm just at work. I got my headphones in and I'm listening and they're, and they're straight up. They're like, sometimes I'm zoning out and sometimes I'm zoning back in. Uh, and I zone back in because I heard something that I, I was interested in. And I think that's also a big piece of what podcasts are is, yeah, they go for an hour, some of them two hours, but you don't really need to be keyed in on all right. two hours of it. There's just bits and pieces that when something sparks your interest, okay, shit. Yeah. What did he say? Bring it back a couple seconds and and play it through again. When I'm talking to people, I'm like, you gotta just keep doing it. Like, don't yeah. stress too much yeah. about the first couple being amazing, because mm-hmm. they're honestly probably gonna be bad. Yeah. Yeah. But even like the first, our first episode to our tenth episode, I'm like, wow, Huge what a difference. difference. Yeah. Imagine first episode to a hundredth episode, yeah. and it, that goes for any kind of content and yeah. putting yourself out there. 100%. And even going back to the views, like you don't want to kind of be so hard on yourself when it comes to like those numbers, like views, followers, yeah. all that kind of stuff, because. Like a hundred viewers, that's great. That's amazing because that's a hundred new people. Well, even if they're reoccurring people, but that's a hundred people that are listening to you at that time. Crazy. Which is imagine getting a hundred people in a room for like a lecture or something like that. Exactly. So it's the same thing. You gotta look at it that way, right? And say, Wow, that's a hundred people that maybe never would have heard my voice today. And now they did. And that could have changed two of their minds and now they're partners of yours or employees of yours or clients of yours. Mm Or maybe it doesn't help at all, but maybe next episode you're going to get someone. Like, you just got to keep going. The point is that is just not to stop. Yeah. <laughs> That's the yeah, whole point. I like that when you said about consistency. That's yeah. a big thing. That's it, man. You got to try and be consistent with that. Um, okay, I'm going to ask you guys because two young entrepreneurs, all right? You guys didn't go the whole 10-year corporate ladder grind, managerial positions, blah, blah, blah. Uh, How has the last year affected your, like, leadership abilities? Like, has it been difficult? Has it been, a, has it been some growing pains? Yeah, I think I think with any business, there's growing pains, right? Um, but definitely, especially in the last six months, uh, we've really started to focus on leadership because we've been actually bringing people onto the team. Uh, yeah, who's always like, what does your team consist now. of right now? Yeah, so our team is myself, Ernesto, and Anna. She's also a partner, um, Ernesto's sister. Um, and then we have uh, a team of graphic designers, uh, videographers, photographers, um, uh, social media account managers. We're a total of eight. Yeah. So in a year we've gone from three to eight. Yeah. Which, which obviously we're really, really happy with. And, and we've had interns come in and out a lot, a lot of, um, the employees we have started off as interns reaching out to us, uh, you know, George Brown or Ryerson, whatever they needed to do hours. And, and you know what, we took anybody on because we said, Hey, like if this person comes in and they really show their value and that they kind of can, uh, adapt to our culture, then we're open to bring them on the team. And I think that's been a big thing. Like shout out all of our staff and our employees and anyone that we work with, like they've really, really been killing it with us. And, uh, and they've really been able to adapt to the kind of culture that we've trying to been trying to push. So that's kind of been a huge thing. This guy's good, eh? Get this guy, get this guy on more interviews. <laughs> no, I no. I couldn't, I couldn't do it without my team, guys. No, 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 but it, it's serious. Like, it, we're, we're, no, but for real, if you look at us from day one to where we are now, like, we really couldn't do it without them. And, and, and I'm sure you guys see it the same way, right? Yeah. Uh, there's only so much you can do on your own. And we're even now, we talk about it in, a, in another episode of our podcast where we're kind of running at our highest capacity. And now we're even ourselves trying to figure out how to get past that plateau right um and, and and it's tough because having employees and staff is has been for me personally i don't know about him but that's been the hardest part for us is trying to understand how to organize yourself and also micromanage as well right um mm-hmm. especially in not the, in micromanage the, too much too much exactly but especially in the industry that we're in the creative industry you know you always wanted perfect and and, and so you, there's always that balance or, or that 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 argument with yourself where you're like 
okay, can I pass this off or should I just do it myself? But at some point you got to have trust in your team, right? I got to tell you four hour work week, Tim yeah. Ferriss. Yeah. Great book. Okay. On exactly I'm not, what I'm not a book. I, I, audio books. You know what? I know it's do. no excuse, but I, but I will say this. I have never read a full book in my life. Really? Yeah. You know what? Never read a full book in my there's, life. There's the whole <laughs> fun fact. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. I don't know no, anymore. Don't do it. Ever. Don't do it ever. <laughs> that's the thing. I, I'm thinking if I come back on this podcast in four or five years, episode 500, I want to say the same thing. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? That'd be dope. I still haven't read a full book. How are you, Ernesto? Reader at all? Audiobooks? Uh, man, like, no? when, when definitely like in school and university, I was reading much more. Um, and then I had a couple books that I was reading when I got out of school. Um, what's that other one? What's the fucking one? Rich Dad Poor Dad, no, the classic. Thinking Grow Rich. Thinking Grow Rich, yeah. How to Win Friends and Influence People. But you know what? No. You know what? That, that one I read. Okay. That that's one an, I read. That's an important one. That one I read. Someone gave me that book, which mm-hmm. which is why I read it. And then there was another one. I forgot what the orange cover, which one is that? The classic fucking. There you go. Ah, good. He knew it. He knew it. Read that Read that one. Yeah, I read that about two years ago and I was like, okay. But then that was around the same time podcasts started getting really... Um, a lot of traction and videos and stuff like that and just Instagram videos and stuff like that speaking events seminars so I started to get more into that to be honest that's fine um, different everyone it, learns it, in different ways yeah right? yeah it was just like I always wanted to be that guy I said like oh I, I walk around reading books all day like I wanted to be that guy and I just I wasn't learning off it so I was like you know what I learned it's, more from it's, 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 it's definitely like a personal thing yeah, but yeah. The, the there are the statistics that the majority of CEOs of and like millionaires yeah. read books right but then you talk to Gary Vee and he's the same way as you. He's yeah. like, I'll never fucking read a book yeah. ever yeah. because why would you read a book if you could go and so that's and what I was going to say and learn by doing. Right? That's what I was going to say. Everything I've learned till this day has been through experience. I've, I, I've started businesses prior to this one, made lots of money and lost it all within months. So I think it's that type of stuff that has kind of got me personally to where I'm at now and I'm not against anyone reading books I would never say oh don't read a book I'm if, jealous of people who, who can just yeah read, me too me books. too you know what read books <laughs> yeah. all day for, for so me jealous. for me I'm more of a like an article type person if there's something I want to know about I hit up Google my main man Google search up whatever the hell I want to know and I can read articles and that's kind of where and or same thing YouTube videos I'm, I'm a huge podcast guy Joe Rogan classic yeah. uh, so that's kind of where I, I learn I guess okay cool fair and uh, what do you guys look for when you're bringing people on your team? Do you want to go with the <laughs> yeah, like, Do you guys have an yeah, interview yeah. process? Yeah, like, do you guys just um, go by character? What do you guys we, do? We, re- we really judge the character. That, more and, than anything. And, and their social skills and people skills and just the ability to sit down and talk to someone. Um, and they also have to understand what we do and why we do it. So when I'm telling them to be really active on a social platform... They don't think I'm just doing it to be an annoying person or yeah. to, you know what I'm saying? They actually understand they because that's the why. whole point. Once yeah. they actually know why, then they'll love doing it, right? So I think you could teach anyone almost anything to, in, in, in today's day. Mm-hmm. So in terms of the actual skills and what they know, if this person's a coder or they, they can build websites or use a camera really well, that's not a big deal to me. Like It's more about the kind of person they are. And if they can withstand obstacles and, and withstand a lot of different kind of people, that's the main thing. I like that because Mark and I, we had a rugby coach in high school and he was always like, bring me an athlete that doesn't know rugby and I'll teach him rugby, but bring me a rugby player who's not an athlete and I can't, can't do anything can't about do anything that. You can't yeah. teach character, right? But you can teach about, yeah. them hard skills. Took the words out of my mouth. You can't teach someone character. If they come in here 
they have a good strong a good personality good character you can teach them how to use a camera you can teach them how to code you can teach them how to do anything run a social media account uh with time but you can't teach them character. and what we just did actually was one of our current employees who actually came in as an intern when she started mm-hmm. um she knew the process that i kind of put her through and it was just more just talking to her and and um, asking her questions about what she wants to do when she's older, about her life, what she thought about school, what she thinks about marketing. And now I put her in a position to actually interview a next potential intern coming up because I told her, I said, do you were there. exactly yeah. what I did to you. Yeah. Right. And she gets it now. She understands it because she's had to go through it for six, seven months of learning all these new things and just being a strong person though, because there's gonna, there's so many obstacles of, of being, first of all, in a startup or being an entrepreneur, which yeah. Everyone that's part of our staff is their own entrepreneur as well as a member of the team. Cool. Yeah. I like that. Um, all right. So you guys have been doing this for a year now. Uh, what's one mistake or one thing that you wish you knew like 12 months ago <laughs> that you Ooh. know now? Uh, I'll you ask you guys each one, one of each. I don't even want to save my answer. Uh, <laughs> I, I know what now is. I really want to know. I what know his is. answer, but I, and I guess it would probably be the same as mine, but and it's really bouncing off what we just talked about. Be very, very careful who you let into your team. One bad apple can spoil everything. Um, and we definitely learned that over the, over the past year. We've learned that the hard way too. Yeah. Right? I mean, and that's you know something what? you do learn the hard way every time. Like no matter what yeah. people say to you to, you can't, to look out for people or whatever like that, like you're going to have to learn it your own way no yeah. matter what. Yeah, I, I think you can't learn that without experiencing it. Some people experience it a lot worse than others. We were very fortunate to have kind of caught it early i guess if you want to put it that way um but yeah like building and that's that's why going back to even saying building the team is the hardest thing because you really got to make sure who like you know who's next to you is someone that you can trust with anything and and that's beyond the work that's to sit down at a table and represent your brand the same way you would want to represent your brand right yeah, and I think that's probably I the same answer. Same, same yeah, same. <laughs> that's why the same. Like answer. our 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 team, we're like a like we're, we're a pretty small team of like four or five of us, but like we have extension of people that we work with, sure. contractors, so blah blah blah. Like but uh, like we're like a family, you know. Like yeah. Sometimes we bicker, sometimes we have fun. That's yeah. a part of it, yeah. and that's it, and that's a part of it. But like, I'll feel right over here, and Mark, and like shout out to Michael, and like Alex, and Alexis, and everybody. They are beauties, and like that's what makes. <laughs> That's yeah. what makes entrepreneurship so fun because yes. if you go work at a corporation, it's kind of like you're stuck with people who are on the team versus yeah. like if you're an entrepreneur, you get to pick who of you course. work with. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Right? And that's, that's, a great, that's a great point right there. You get to pick who you work with, right? So choose wisely. And I, <laughs> and I would say to anybody, I, I don't want to say don't grow too quickly because hey, if it's, the growth is there, take it and run with it. But just be very careful while you're growing that you're bringing in the right pieces. Okay, so we are a personal finance podcast, and we're going to go for another five, ten minutes. Okay, We'll, we'll go for an hour if you want, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been good so far. So I want to ask you guys a little bit, because you guys are not financial professionals. You did work at banking, though, in banking. So how did starting your own company affect your finances? What were some of the... Yeah, yeah. There's the whole J-curve, which J-curve is you spend money, and then eventually you'll break even, blah, 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 yeah. or you take a pay cut than what you could get in the real world, right? Mm-hmm. The grind of being an entrepreneur, I've been there. Um, and how's, so how did entrepreneurship affect your finances? And were, did you guys hit everything on the button there with like accounting and bookkeeping and year end, any mistakes? That we've, you been, we've been pretty lucky. Uh, Anna, uh, our, our other partner, she has handled a lot of the bookkeeping okay. and the invoicing and stuff like that. So we've been like extremely fortunate that she's been there. Cause if it was between me and him, we might've had a couple more issues than we did. Um, but I think like, 
we, we, <laughs> it affected our personal finances in, in the sense that we started the business, Ernesto and myself fronted all the money. And we talk about this even in, in an episode of our, our podcast, um, just saying like, you know, how much we invested. It was bet- around 25K. That was like first last month's rent, all the furniture, any stuff that we yeah. needed, computers, this, that was a pretty decent amount, right? It's not, yeah, well, you know, it, and so me and him fronted that money. Obviously that hurts to come out of your bank account all at once. Um, so there was that. And then, and then again, we were paying, we were paying any employees or contractors right from the start, but Ernesto and I didn't pay ourselves for almost six months. So just relying on any more savings that we had and, and could we have paid ourselves? hundred percent. But it just wouldn't have grown the company more, right? We, every, every dollar, dollar that you make that you put back in. Of we really bootstrapped. Like I know 25K sounds like a lot, but we felt like that was a bootstrap and then we continued to bootstrap by not even paying ourselves. So that was that was even more tough. I know for myself and, and for Ernesto as well. I fucking respect that. Yeah, man. <laughs> Heavily. Yeah, man. 100% almost six months with no pay so yeah. I, think, that. I think like we already came from a background of kind of making our own money in different ways you know and and, and was playing around with the stocks and doing his thing too and and still had the promoting and, and I was doing the hosting and doing some ambassador stuff so we were learning how to make money in, in different ways diversifying you had different yeah and, and yeah. also but we were also spending money back on ourselves we were investing reinvesting back into ourselves even before neighborhood right so. um, I mean I would take my money that I made from promoting um, either pay the rent of my shitty little office that I had at the time, mm-hmm. um, pay a photographer to make more content of myself, pay right. a videographer to do more content of myself, um, stuff like that. Spend money on, on more collaborations and more more ways to build A lot of people come to me and they're like, Ant, I have two 5K saved up. Like, what should I do? And the, they expect me to say, oh, invest in this stock or yeah. this ETF portfolio or whatever. Right. But I'm like, man, actually, if you invested in a course for yourself or like, Alfio, I was telling him, and buy a new laptop, get a new camera, a new lens, and that allows you to make more money in the future. That's probably a better investment in ROI than like putting it in a savings. I had a, we, we, we have a, a member of our team, his name is John Marco. Shout out John Marco, unreal guy. He actually is an artist manager. He has his own label um, and his, his artist just got signed, I want to say to Sony. I think it was Sony. So shout out to him. Unreal job. Took took an artist that no one knew about and really pushed him and got him got him signed. So they were flying back and forth from New York, whatever. He got his deal done. Kudos to him, man. Fucking unreal guy. Hard worker. And uh, when 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 they got their deal money, their signing bonus, whatever it was, he had some money and he came to me. He came to me and Ernesto and he said, Hey guys, like, what should I invest this money in? And it was a pretty decent amount of money. Like we're not, you know, we're not talking a couple thousand, a little bit more than that. And and it's, he was especially coming to me and saying, hey, like, I, know, I know you're in the stock market playing around. Like, what do you think of this stock or that stock? Da, da, da. And, I, and I said, honestly, Joe Marco, I'm like, listen, take that money and reinvest it in your label, in your studio. He opened up a studio, huge. I'm like, reinvest and get better mics for your studio, better this for your studio, get a website up for your, for your label, focus on building, like, use that money and invest it back into your business. I feel you know like when I mean? people hear the word investment, they automatically think it's like you're investing like stocks, in a stock yeah. or like a company or like... No, you can re- invest that right back into yourself, right? And I think one of the things that we do too is just like we understand the fact that we could be paying ourselves and making this money if we really wanted to, but we decide to go the other way and we say, okay, how much money do we need to live next month? Yeah. Okay, that's how much it is? Cool. Now everything's going back to the company. Yeah. Right? So, which a lot of people won't do. Maybe they'll do it for one month, two months, three months, but it gets hard after a while. Especially as you get older, right? Of course. That's why it's beneficial to start a company when you're young because we don't have as many expenses than mortgage, wife that's like, you know, kids. Of course. Putting little little Ernesto into soccer, you know? There you go. So there's all those things that you have to kind of really 
strap down and say like, what's the most I can do here? You know, and, and that means what's the least amount of money I'm okay with taking every yeah. month, right? So right. Um, if you can have that mindset, yeah, you just got to keep that going. And, and we did a, we, we did a, we did a, like, Ernesto and I sat down a couple of weeks ago and we're like, let's see if we can break down like our hourly wage. Oh, I and, could imagine. And what it was, was it, like, two bucks an hour. It came up like <laughs> six bucks an hour. <laughs> yeah. For, that's For the hours that we put in and what we're paying ourselves again, which is very, very small amount of money because yeah. we want to keep as much in the business as possible. Like Ernesto was saying, we were paying ourselves like six bucks an hour so you know with that being said we're just and you're not alone on that so it's yeah. not like something that you guys are just doing like yeah. literally that's what it takes right yeah 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 and we're okay with that man and, and no christmas bonuses and know this and know that it's like ernesto saying we sit down and kind of just say okay what the hell do we need to live like what's that number and that's what we're paying ourselves so no extra cool um i'll ask you guys to ask me a question here if you have one um What's something that you've been going about in your, that you've heard or had a conversation with for somebody? I'm a financial planner. Any kind of questions about investing, mortgages, insurance, taxes, blah, 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 that maybe you'd want to talk about or discuss, maybe an experience that you've had? I'm sure there's lots. I just got to think about it for a second. If, if, don't, if you don't have any, we'll just skip this part of the, of the episode. Um, I mean, I think a big one is mortgages because... Um, People our age right now is what we're noticing. They're trying to figure out how the fuck they can buy a place or their yeah. own house or whatever. So maybe like, what are your tips on someone who, who maybe just has a normal job and has some money saved up? Mm-hmm. What is your advice to them when, when thinking of buying their first property, whether that's a condo or a house or whether it's in the city or in the suburbs as well? Well, okay, good question. Good, I'll, t- I'll do that. So um, you guys definitely understand the team is like so important and understanding what your strengths and weaknesses are. Yeah. Like why would you do bookkeeping if that's like not what you do best, right? Yeah. Like, so the number one thing is a lot of people shy away from getting a financial advisor or like talking to your accountant or whatever. Engage a professional sooner than later because yeah, they cost money, but it's mistakes that you're avoiding by doing that, especially with uh, lawyers too. Yeah. Because lawyers charge up front, you know, and those pain in the ass. Yeah, they, they, go, they go up real <laughs> yep. quick. Those but things. the thing is that I've seen even from bad personal decisions where I tried to do something on my own. And then later on, I'm spending more money on a lawyer because I fucked up in the beginning. Of course. And you have to redo everything. Same thing with uh, an accountant or a financial planner. Like you pay them so that mistakes don't happen. Yeah. You know, it's like um, I always relate it to, an, uh, to a pilot. Like most airplanes are driven on automatic nowadays, right? And the pilot's mainly there for if something bad happens. Well, sure. Then he'll step in and <laughs> that's why they get pilot, paid the big need. bucks, yeah. right? Yeah. So the same thing happens for if like financial planners, I invest people's money. It's like when everything's going well, people don't really hear from me. But when things are going bad, that's when it's like my time to shine. So especially during this period, yeah. I've been a hero to some of my clients. So right? I have a question. This would be my question then. What, what should somebody look for in a financial planner before they go out and pick one? A lot of financial planners are the same. So it's like, what should I look for? The way I describe a financial planner is like, what do I look for in a general practitioner doctor? Sure. Right? Like, okay, you got to trust them. That's the number one yeah. thing. You got to like them, especially a financial planner because your doctor, you might see once a year, once every yeah. other year if you're young. Financial planner, do you enjoy going out for a whiskey with them? Yeah. Do you enjoy yeah. grabbing lunch with them? Do you enjoy smoking a joint with them? Yeah. Like, you have yeah. to enjoy spending time with them so that... When you need to call them up, it's not like, oh, I got to call up this no, guy that like I hate, that right? Yeah. And then also, can you grow with them too? Because yeah. I used to have an older accountant. He didn't give a shit about me, you know? Yeah. And then I just recently, we switched to this young accountant, our age, 1991. 
It's a beauty. I can go out with them, enjoy yeah. time with them. And then when I'm 40 and a seasoned entrepreneur, he'll be 40 and a seasoned accountant. He's hungry right now, though. Exactly. So he'll answer my phone calls, all that kind he'll of stuff. working at all times. Nice. So I'd say, like, someone that you trust, that's the number one important thing. Someone that you like. Mm-hmm. Someone who's around the same stage as you in the cycle of being yeah, a business yeah. person. That's what I would say. That's Amazing. what you should look for, right? Cool. And then financial planners, most people don't know. We only charge 1% of your investable assets. And most young people have what? Like 50K saved up, yeah. let's just say. It's 500 bucks a year. To That's make sure you do it 40 right. bucks a month. <laughs> yeah. You know, like you blow $40 a month way worse yeah. than yeah. that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so like there's worse things that you could be spending your money on than a financial planner. But that's like, I'm not trying to like sell people on being a financial, a lot of people do it themselves as well. But I've rarely seen people that do it themselves without like, you're doing well, you're doing well, and then like one mistake erases all the gains that you just did over the last five years. And I'm like, ah. Could have been avoided. Well, you know, we say to people, especially like uh, whenever we're sitting down with potential clients and stuff, they're like, oh, well. I could just give my niece a camera and then she could start running the social media because she, she, cause she's on Instagram all day. And what we say is, would you hire a plumber to do your accounting? Right. Yeah. No, you wouldn't because you take accounting very seriously. Well, unfor- not unfortunately, very fortunately, social media and, and marketing, digital marketing is just as important in our opinion, obviously, as, as accounting. So if you wouldn't let a plumber do your accounting, you shouldn't let a plumber do your marketing either, right? You hire professionals for each thing. A hundred percent. And that's, and that's a, a good so most entrepreneurs that's, you know, nine out of 10 businesses fail. And I'm like, that's a, that's a, a very a skewed statistic because I think that of those nine that fail, six probably shouldn't have started the business in the first place Sure, because yeah. they weren't at the right stage or they yeah. didn't know enough or they didn't have they didn't what it takes. They didn't prepare themselves enough. And that's the difference. Like what's the difference between the baker and the bakery owner? Yeah. Right. And the difference is the bakery owner doesn't need to be the best baker right? Yeah. But a lot of good bakers start their own bakery and they don't have that like entrepreneurial mindset. And what I noticed the biggest difference between a good entrepreneur and one that's like the baker that started their own bakery because they think that they could do it is they budget on a yearly basis. Yeah. Yeah. So they'll be like, I have a 30K marketing budget and that's just as important as anything else, yeah. right? So they go, well, if it doesn't work for the first couple months, it's okay because I budgeted it for the entire year, yeah. right? Yeah. But some people are like, well, I got 30k kind of but really it's 3k per month and if you don't get it back to me by next month i gotta stop yeah yeah right because yeah, they didn't budget it properly oh of that's, that's a, yeah we see that all just the like time, those man. real life scenarios that's pretty much what it is right yeah. and and as an entrepreneur we're always learning from our experiences right and, and trying to apply them to what we're going to do right and if you don't have if you're missing that part you're going to keep making the same mistakes and and like you said eventually fail right so, so it's all about the team and for entrepreneurs their team is the most important you need an accountant a financial planner, a mortgage broker, an insurance person, a realtor. Um, I don't know who I missed there. Yeah. But you need them and yeah. they need to be on, uh, I always say they need to be on uh, first like speed dial basis. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say that like all my professional team, they should be coming to your birthday party. If they don't get an invite to your yeah. birthday party, yeah. you should probably pick yeah. somebody else. Yeah. 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 Cause like Chop all my, them. and people are like, oh, that's kind of weird. But like all my professional team comes to my birthday party. That's yeah. how bro yeah. we are. Yeah. And yeah. when I need something done though, and I call them on like a Sunday, they'll answer me. Of course. Yeah. Right? Sunday midnight and, and you're still getting it done. So back to your question is that's what it takes. Like get, engage that mortgage broker and create a plan of action. Because the worst thing is when you're like, well, I don't know when. And then maybe you start shopping too early. Yeah. And there was like credits or whatever tax credits that you didn't take advantage of because you moved too quick 
or you're too conservative and you're like, well, I shouldn't buy a property yet, yet no, but maybe it was actually the best option yeah, to buy it there. So yeah. get a professional. Don't do it yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Before I ask the last question here, um, where can people find you online? Ooh, lots of places. <laughs> you can find us. Uh, my personal Instagram is at Anthony Sorella. His personal Instagram is at Ernesto Gaita. You can find us on our business account at neighborhoodcreative.co, our website, www.neighborhoodcreative.co. Uh, you can find us on our podcast, uh, The MBH Podcast. Um, fuck, you find us on LinkedIn, Ernesto Gaita, Swipe Anthony up, Sorella. Comment yeah. here, like, subscribe. There's like, if you, if you search us up on any platform, anywhere, you will find us. Please get everything in there, man. Uh, I, and, and I'm missing some too. I'm missing some too, but we are literally, you can find us anywhere, literally anywhere. Okay, so I'm going to ask one last question here, okay? Shoot, yeah, let's do it. There's this guy, Peter Thiel. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar yeah, with him. Yeah, yeah. He, like, uh, he, he was like Elon Musk's business partner for PayPal, and now he's some big like venture capitalist guy. He has this question that he asks people in a job interview, and he okay. says, what, what's something that you know that other people don't that you wish they knew more, like that you wish more people knew? Because we've really started to push this a lot. Um, focus on building a network no matter if you're an entrepreneur or you're a nine-to-fiver whatever you are or you, you stay at home focus on building your network because at the end of the day if you decide you want to sell a product sell a service or if you need someone to clean your floors or build a house for you or do something if you've built your network chances are you you have one of those people in your network or at least someone who knows someone who knows someone right so focus no matter what you're doing you're it's the classic cliche thing uh, your network is your net worth. Um, so keep building your network and focus on it online. It, it's it's where That's we are. really important. You want to yeah. add on to that? Do your but own? I think the whole, uh, the whole building your network online is so much easier than people think. Yeah. And I literally try and preach it every day. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to keep preaching. <laughs> <laughs> literally, no, people, Google people, it. people, people Google still, it. people Google still, it's, it's not that people don't know. It's that they don't understand the actual, the power behind um, being able to build a whole network just on your phone like yeah. that's that's what that's what i think it is and and um yeah we've been trying to preach that just people just don't listen so i think you'd be i think you'd be ignorant to think that you could you couldn't build a network solely based online every single person in this room has this thing attached to them at every second of the day you sleep with it right next to your head so this is where the people are focus on building something that people see you on this thing right here give the people what they want, give them what they want man. gentlemen it has been an absolute pleasure Great hopefully time, this yes. is not the last time sure, sure. um uh, so we went an entire hour podcast and didn't talk about covid19 success <laughs> happy happy about that that's what the media very wants happy, <laughs> very, very happy about that <laughs> all right this is uh what they did not teach you in school until next time cool. thank you guys appreciate it man thank appreciate you for having us for tuning in to this week's episode hope you enjoyed it be sure to follow us on instagram at the wise investor until next time this is what they did not teach you in school we hope to see you soon <laughs>